episode three of Never Seen, the podcast where we watch the films missing from our filmographies, those glaring gaps in our film education, the classic or immortal movies people are shocked we've never seen. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about an absolute classic, but before we get to that, let me introduce you to my two favourite people to podcast with ever, the uh, lovely Stacey. Hello, I'm glad you quantified that with to podcast with, uh, just in case you got some severe backlash from friends and family that were like, um, Jennifer. <laughs> no, mate, you don't know him that well. It's fine. <laughs> and the ever lovely Ellie. Hello. You did it again. Still going I with know. that one then. I know. <laughs> in my head, I'm going, say hi. Just, just say hi. Just say hi. hello okay we've done it so many times now that i'm not editing it again okay (laughs) all right so this month's movie was my choice which uh, originally was going to be something else and then i text my friends here and said hey guys do you mind if we do this instead and it was a resounding yes with a i can't believe you haven't seen that So so it's a good sign, really, that the format's working when you suggest something that you've not seen and we all go, what? (laughs) Then I think we're on to a winner. You know, it seems it's working. It's working. So this month's movie is An American Werewolf in London. Woo! Woo! What? Or Ow! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Released in 1981, directed and written by John Landis. The composer was Elmer Bernstein or Bernstein. Now, does that depend on whether you're English or American? I, th- I think it's Bernstein. It's always, Bernstein. It's always been Bernstein. Um, Doesn't it depend on which way around the E's and the I's are? Oh, or is that I what just it is? Talking oh, I absolute no bollocks. Idea. I could be talking I before bollocks. E. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Well. We'll go with, we're going with Steen, aren't we? Okay. Yeah. Elba Bernstein, lovely. It stars uh, David Norton as David Kessler, Griffin Dunn as Jack Goodman, Jenny Ogata, or Ogata, 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 Agata, 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 Agata. Yeah. Probably should have name checked this before I started. <laughs> <laughs> as Nurse Alex Price, uh, Gosh, I can't pronounce. I can't. It's not like I can't pronounce. It's I can't read my writing. Uh, <laughs> John Wood, Jean Woodine. Woodvine. Woodvine. It's a V. Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> as Dr. J. S. Hirsch and Frank Oz as Mr. Collins, and also I liked how IMDb did this. Also, Miss Piggy. We'll come to that later. Yeah. <laughs> There are other notable people, I'm sure, but these are our main uh, big names or a few names that we get to meet in the film. We also have a wonderful sporting cast that included a very young and early appearance of Rick Mayle before yes. Rick Mayle became Rick Mayle. Yeah. Which is amazing. And prosthetics by uh, the maestro that is Rick Baker, who actually won the inaugural Oscar for Best Makeup for this film. Yeah as well a little bit of info I've got on John Landis because I I knew John Landis as the director of the Blues Brothers already Mm -hmm. yeah 
and then it was interesting to do a little read up, see what else he had done, because he also did Blues Brothers 2000, but we have to forgive him for some things. Um, also, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. Not. I, yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, his career stops with um, Innocent Blood, which was about 1990. Okay, because I, I would have stopped somewhere at like Coming to America, probably. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, but Coming to America, Three Amigos. Trading Places, Animal House, also did the music video for Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is awesome. I such a superb video. Yeah, Never seen it. Shut up, Lee. Come on. No, what on earth? I've obviously had... seen clips. But <laughs> I, obviously uh, it's a fifteen minute short essentially, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have never seen it all the way through. That's I'm, insane. Not a Michael That's... Jackson fan. And well, no, in, right. but, but it's a mini oh. horror and it's Yeah, but superb. when he came out in 83, I wasn't into horror. Oh, fair uh, okay. I, I didn't get into horror until I was about 16, something like that. So I had no interest in it at all <laughs> okay. and just never gone back to it. <clears throat> I had a VHS tape of the video and then a making of like sort of 30 minute documentary that I wore out because I watched it so much. Well, it was, it was, the, best, <laughs> it was the best selling music video of all time. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. It was yeah. like. So it was like massive. first like pop promo essentially released on video that sold like a movie that's right mm. yeah but um but Huge. yeah i've i've never never seen it all the way through. i remember it i remember it debuting on i'm sure it was channel four but what yes channel it was 4? yeah it was channel four um and it being a big a big event thing that it was it was being shown and i just had no interest in it at all wow i mean if ever we were to do a mini episode (laughs) (laughs) that might actually be it (laughs) that would be it so a quick little little backstory on me and then i will hand over to you about when you first watched this film because i had i had never seen it as we've already explained yeah what i had seen though because i i thought i had seen this film because i'd seen snippets in documentaries and you know bits and bobs here and there but what i had seen was an american werewolf in Paris. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's not the same thing. It's it's not. <laughs> it's not. No. I've not seen that, thankfully. <laughs> it's you know, it's, um, it's tolerable. It's it, okay. Yeah. I saw it, it at the cinema. It is what it is for its time. The bit yeah. I remember because it did actually make me wretch a little bit when I watched it was when the wolf buries its nose and face into someone's chest and pulls out their heart tosses it up into the into the air a little bit and catches it and then swallows it i don't remember that i don't remember it enough to remember details it is the only <laughs> bit i remember I've, I've seen it once and it was when i saw it at the cinema and i didn't i didn't hate it but i know once was enough yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, that once was enough, was enough i didn't feel like too. any great need to go back mm. so you had both seen an american werewolf in london where ignore yeah. we'll ignore paris as yeah. you should so Stace, when did you first see this film? <laughs> Far too young. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, I think I've mentioned on this show before that like we didn't do an awful lot of like film watching in our house because my granddad is not a big mm. film guy. Um, so many of the things that I saw, he only really liked Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, so anything that I saw that didn't star one of those two was usually after he'd gone to bed that was on a channel that was like... I don't know, uh, oh, after 10, we're going to put something like well scary on or whatever, uh, which is how I ended up seeing Nightmare on Elm Street 
far too young. <laughs> I got very stressed about it. Um, but I, I feel like I think I was about maybe 10 or 11 when I first saw this um, because it was one of those nights where I was like, Mom, what can we watch? Granddad's in bed. And we were flicking channels. Mm. And she was like, oh, I'm sure this is made by the same guy who did the Thriller video. Video, which I know you're obsessed with, and so she thought, oh, because you can handle the wolf, Thriller. yeah, because the, the, there's like a whole like wolf scene in that, and yeah. then there's like spooky zombies and stuff, and she was like, you can handle all the makeup and the effect, you'll be fine. And then we got to the transformation part, and I was traumatized. I was like, mother, he won't stop screaming. When's he gonna stop screaming? Oh god! And I've got very I, I wouldn't even here. at ten. I wouldn't even got past the first death. Do you know, that didn't bother me. I was quite excited by that. I was like, oh, this movie's good, this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, it got to the track. And she was like, well, look, I don't I don't think there's another one after this, so I think you'll be all right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. So we watched the rest of it, and then it was my favourite film because I was like, I don't think I've ever been genuinely scared by a film before at that point. Yeah. And I was like, that was a mate, like, because I shit myself. But I had a laugh. And then by the end, I was like, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I saw it very young. Uh, but it's one of my mum's favourite movies, too, because she's quite a big uh, horror fan. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when we, when we were watching it together, um, she, I think she had, you know, when you do that thing where you show somebody something you like and you just sort of stare at them like, are they reacting properly yes. to this? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those sorts of things. And I was like, mum, stop hassling me. I'm trying to I'm trying to werewolf here. Jesus. Um, but yeah, it, it very quickly became like this, The Thing and The Shining are all sort of like vying for my top spot of horror movies. Um, OK, because I think it's near near enough a perfect movie anyway. And mm-hmm. it's definitely the best werewolf movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's funny because I my first horror movie experience was one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets because my mum got it out for me when I was homesick from school and I was about seven or eight. Oh, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> did your mum hate you? <laughs> did your mum hate you Sesame Street, not Elm Street? No. <laughs> She just thought it was going to be a thing about like Bert and Ernie having a bit of a nightmare in the bedroom. Yeah, the but they just thought it was going to be Bert and Ernie counting. teamwork achieved for all bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> if only. No, she just thought, I know you like this sort of stuff, so here you go. And I watched them <laughs> in the daytime, so I think it was fine. You know, it was it was later years that I started watching them at nighttime and regretted that decision of watching Freddy yeah. before bed. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Lee. When did so, you first watch this? Yeah, so I, I first watched it when it was on... T- now, I remember it being released at the cinema, 81. Mm-hmm. I would have been 11. And I remember seeing the, the ads for it and stuff like that. So I remember being very aware of it, thinking it looked terrifying. And kind of... It, it was one of those films that I remember... Um, although I, I wasn't... I've got like kind of like overlapping contradictory memories. So I remember being not into horror at all. But I also have vague memories of kind of looking forward to when I'll be old enough to watch that sort of thing. Yeah. Because uh, you're going back like 81. It wasn't even an 18 then. It was an X. They oh, had brought in the, the like the 18s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I remember that coming out. I also remember I've got vague memories of like the, the poster and the poster is kind of boring. Mm. It's just the, the two guys, the two lads sort of looking over their shoulder with the full moon 
and because uh, because I, I thought I'm sure they must have had a better poster. It was 1981. They must have had a kick-ass poster for that, but no, that was it. Um, but apparently they were trying to keep the wolf like secret. Yeah. Uh, so it was going to be a surprise. So that's why they kind of like the I think the, the the poster was so kind of dull. And I think when it came out on video, they kind of that's a, a scarier. Um, mm sleeve you know scary poster but uh, yeah so i didn't see it i don't think until would have been about 84 85 something like okay. that maybe 86 when it was on tv whenever it's it's tv premiere was mm. um at that point i i want to again i want to say it was either it was on channel four or or itv um i know i recorded it and i watched it over and over and over and it was one of those um, films that I just played to death. Um, it's one of the early ones like The Thing and Blade Runner um, that I, I, it was just, yeah, I can't believe I now own this for free. <laughs> you know, it's like I've yeah. got this for free because it was before you could buy um, yeah. videos. Retail videos wasn't a thing. Yeah. So it was like, I've got this now. I can watch this whenever I like. And <laughs> And did watch it quite a bit. Um, what's funny is um, uh, watching it again recently. I haven't, I haven't watched it for quite a while. It's one of the ones I watched an awful lot and kind of used up all my goes quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. and then you kind of leave it for a long time. Yeah. And then I watched it a couple of years back with Jenny Yildblad. She'd never seen it, <gasps> and I'm and she'd uh, she's an artist. I should I should say she's a friend of ours who's who's a comic book artist and she i just can't get her to watch anything (laughs) she she really ought to be like the fourth host of this (laughs) she's seen nothing um and she she i can't remember if she'd got a cold or if she'd put her back out or something but she was kind of she couldn't work for about a week so I said, I basically just leapt on. I went, right, you're going to watch some of these videos, uh, DVDs that I've bought you. Um, and and we watched uh, this. And she was, I think, I you know, I don't want to, you know, speak for her, but she, my impression was that she loved it and was just completely blown away. And that was like the first time I'd seen it in ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching it again, I was kind of surprised that the, unless, unless the TV version was different, I remember the um, the attack, the, the initial attack being a bit different. And I'm sure there was a shot, um, probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, so I'll shut up and move on in a sec. But the, the bit where you see the guys on the, on the, the two lads on the, on the moors and like the camera goes around them, I'm sure there was a shot where over their shoulder and you could see two eyes in the dark light up, you know, the wolf eyes. Okay. That That's clearly doesn't exist. <laughs> sound like okay I've, I've just remember you know misremembered that yeah uh and also i'm sure the sex scene went on a bit longer and was a bit more um oh, don't get me started on that i sex can't scene. honestly that's gonna be yeah when we, we will to come that, to that later yeah. <laughs> and that's what she said no <laughs> but, uh, oh, but yeah so i i first thought yeah i first saw it on um yeah on tv in uh okay. in the early 80s. yeah uh, fun fact: eighty-one was the year I was born. So, yeah. well, <laughs> that just even, makes me feel old. I, I wasn't even might. a twinkle then, guys. <laughs> I wasn't even a twinkle. Oh, ah. there must have been something in the air because 
there was three werewolf movies out in 81. Oh, really? Yeah, there was American Werewolf, there was The Howling uh, by Joe Dante, and there was Wolfen. Um, so I, what was going on there? I don't know, but Hollywood does this sort of thing. Shit, where, cycle. Yeah, where something, yeah, the cycle of the werewolf, where um, <laughs> somebody makes one, and then just everybody kind of jumps on the on the bandwagon. Mm. But, uh, but what's also weird is they're all good. All three are good films. Okay, I've not actually seen the other two. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the other two. And I I know the title, The Howling, but I've not seen it. So oh, I'm... no. There was me going, oh, it's the best werewolf movie I've ever bloody seen, lads. I've seen, like, two other ones, apparently, and that's it. Yeah, I, I definitely cannot call the, I cannot the, what, uh, yeah, the Underworld the... movies good. I mean, they're fun. No. But I can't call them good. <laughs> no, we can't. They're, yeah, they're, but I don't really say that was a hot. They're virtually superhero movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're like Marvel movies, but with vampires and werewolves rather than... Um, yeah, just hot you, people jumping about a bit, but not, yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's, like, not with body glitter, like fucking Twilight. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but but the howling's uh, good. Okay. Although, though I watched it at Halloween and it kind of flags in the middle. Uh-huh. It starts strong and it ends strong, but there's a, there's a weird bit in the middle, okay. not to spoil it, okay. uh, but it involves like uh, like a cult slash um, um, like community out in out in the sticks where people go to like recover from trauma and this right. this news reporter is attacked by a werewolf slash serial killer and she um, goes to this like resort place to kind of chill out and recover from it. it trauma and it turns okay. out to be like a community of wells there now huh. it starts strong and it ends strong but in the middle there's a weird kind of we just seem to be on holiday you know stretch. i have to say right if you were going to have a villain right what better way than to have a serial killer that's also a werewolf that's quite yeah it's, it's yeah it's it's really good it's well worth it's well worth seeing i'll tell you it's joe dante and All yeah right. it's funny as well because it, it's also in that kind of horror comedy well, um, I'm going to scribble it down and I'll add it to our list later because yeah. two, two of us haven't seen it. So uh, so speaking of uh, spoilers, we should probably note again at the top because we forget to do this. But these yeah. films are quite old and we just, despite our own selves having not seen it, we expect or suspect many people have. But this is going to be a really spoilerific podcast because yeah. we're going to talk about it so much and spoil the shit out of it. So if you haven't seen uh, this film, An American Werewolf in London. Uh, go watch it and then come back and listen. Or just listen. We don't care. Yeah, if you don't give a toss, why should we give a toss? Yeah. Exactly. True. So, from the start, although I had complications last night when watching this because I put my disc in, it was playing, and I messaged Lee and I said, huh, this is weird. It feels like, like the transfer is not right because the ratio is off because the... Uh, like the credits were spilling off the screen and the title of the film was spilling off the screen. Um, so I had to go through my settings. The telly was fine. The DVD was wrong. Bloody oh, DVD. No. I had to change the ratio aspect on my DVD player. And then it was correct. And then I felt that the world was right. I could carry on watching the film. But the thing that I really made me chuckle, because I'm a sad bastard, really, uh, that it is a Lycanthorpe Films Limited production. <laughs> Lycanthorpe. Lycanthrope. Thrope. 
throat. I wrote down to Thorpe. It's my <laughs> dyslexia. I'm so sorry. Like Thorpe, that's a seaside town. Is it? Uh, yes, I think. It's it's my dyslexia, guys. I put letters around the wrong way. Oh, no, no, I'm taking the piss out of somebody who's dyslexic. I'll get cancelled for that now. <laughs> <laughs> Not by me. I don't give a shit because it's usually just hilarious when I do it. I thought that was a great joke as well. Everybody in the North East will think that's hilarious. <laughs> Scared nests, people are pissing themselves right now. Oh, well, we made someone happy. That's the main thing. <laughs> but no, that bit did really make me chuckle quite a bit um, yeah. as the film started. Um, and then as we just continued when we met our two Americans who just yeah. happened to be travelling in the back of a truck with a bunch of sheep. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. not subtle, is it? Not subtle, like, <laughs> you know, lambs to the slaughter. Lambs to the slaughter, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, because I, I actually wrote this down in my notes, I made the shocking discovery when we when I came to watch this that I don't actually own it on any sort of physical media, despite it being one of my favourite films ever. Yeah. Uh, so the, the steelbook is now definitely on my wish list. Um, yes. But, like, I don't think I'd ever actually put that together until, until I watched it. Even though I've seen this, I've got to have seen it upwards of 20 times. I don't think I put that together. Uh, and I, I, I was literally in the middle of writing down the note. What? did they actually plan to do on this part of their holiday that they ended up just wandering around what looks like a field with some sheep? Like, how have they planned so little? They've come all the way <laughs> to England, but they've, they're now catching rides, which, and then I was halfway through writing this note and I was like, lambs to the slaughter, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, it doesn't matter if it's story relevance based, it's ominous is what it is, foreshadowing. Yeah. That yeah. is, yeah. Uh, and so I felt like a bit of a silly Billy there, but oh well, you know, it's it's nice to discover something new about your favourite film, even though you're watching it for like the twenty seventh <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, because yeah. what, what wasn't the pub like the? It's the slaughtered lamb. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. make sure I got my words around the right way when I said it. <laughs> yeah, I think that one of the things that that sort of sets this movie up straight away for me. Um, and I don't know how like you guys feel about it, but I love how natural these two guys seem to be together as friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like everything about their performances together, to me, smacks of like, oh, we've known each other for 30 odd years. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've been knocking around. And I don't even think it really matters what the dialogue was. They just seem so like comfortable and riffy with each other that I think like that's something that you you don't always get, especially in sort of like horror mm. films <laughs> yeah. um yeah I th- t- personally i think like griffin dunn d- does such an amazing job in this film and it was like his first film I did, I, that's baffling I think isn't it? had done like one film before this and he was like best known for a dr pepper commercial <laughs> he, it's, it's worth it's worth googling if you've never seen it he did yeah. he did a, i think he did a bunch of these dr pepper where he's just singing dancing and i'm a pepper you're a pepper whatever you know and you think he got work off that but um (laughs) but yeah they are just so well um cast they they you know they you instantly like these guys Mm. you instantly get that they're mates Mm. um it surprised me that they didn't know each other before yeah yeah they were cast because you figure they 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 almost look like a double act who'd who'd maybe been in something else before you know, like yeah, or like you know, doing improv on the circuit together or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. And then they they got you know they were a double act and they they worked together. They they gel so well. 
and like they're they're just like their bits of banter. You instantly like these guys straight away. Um, and I just, I, I mean, I always like the bit where they walk off and they do the knock knock joke. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just making that stuff up. Apparently, just Landis just said, "Okay, walk off and talk with yourselves until you're around the corner." I just I want a long shot of you walking off into the into the mountains, into the hills. So, and they do the, the knock knock joke, which I just thought was hilarious you know and all that that banter as they're going along and talking about the you know the girly fancies and mm-hmm. and all that backwards and forwards and stuff but yeah you, you, i agree that they're, they're really natural and you're immediately which is my kind my how, is how i like my uh horror victims like with, with i know you're both big slasher movie fans and i'm not a big fan of the slasher terribly uh, and one of the one of the tropes I don't like in slasher movies is the arsehole characters. Yeah. yeah. Every group always has a bunch of pricks. But well, it's because you, you've got to suspect. I, I, I know you're supposed to want them dead. <laughs> you do I, want I know them dead. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I, but that doesn't work for me. I'm just going. No, I, it just makes me want to turn the movie off because mm-hmm. they don't. They never kill them off early on. I'd much, <laughs> I'd much rather see somebody I like die. That's more entertaining to me. You know. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I agree. I did. You do just really just go for these guys straight away, and you, you um, and they're and they're chit chat, and when they enter the, they oh, go into the pub. I mean, that. just I mean, I love the I love the line where they they see the the, the pub, and they're like, what's it called? The slaughtered lamb, and then there's the yeah, you, know, you got the the, the wolf's the, head the, on the, the side. sign outside with the seven wolf's head, oh. and Jack says, what kind of a that's an advert for a pub. <laughs> where's, the, where's the lamb you know and i thought <laughs> it's one of the things where he says where's the, where's the lamb mm. you always expect him to do like to do like a look to camera with a big old wink that's it yeah i, I loved like, it when they walked into the pub and everyone's just and it's just like a typical um like a small village <laughs> pub where everyone yeah. stops yeah. to look at the strangers that have just walked in it's like we don't know you it's very, yeah, it's a very sort of like this pub's for local people yeah, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, I've even I've walked into pubs like that in Birmingham where I live, like particular like <laughs> yeah. particularly sort of locals. I mean, I tried one yeah. year. I tried to do the uh, the metro pub crawl, which was like get going to a pub on every stop of the metro, and we went into one pub in what is technically called the Soho area of Birmingham but is nothing like what you would think a Soho area of Birmingham would be like and we walked into the pub and literally the sound of everyone's necks going <laughs> so we walked in and we we're like let's do shots in here and leave really fast yeah um and that's the feeling that you get from this like straight away like everybody Absolutely. just looking at them like it's not yes. all the spoons <laughs> <laughs> well what I, what I like about it is how quickly the mood turns mm. and then turns back. Yeah. So they walk in and it's the typical you walk in and everybody's kind of hostile and yeah. stuff. And then you kind of realise why why everybody's kind of tense mm. is obviously it's not they're not just hostile. You know, it's not just a hostile pub that, you know, they've got some stuff going on tonight, which is <laughs> and it's not just the darts tournament. Yeah. So. Uh, but then, then there's the there's a moment where you got Brian Glover, you know, doing his thing, and he's just fantastic. I love Brian Glover, mm-hmm. who's just terrific as the is the kind of the main local. Yeah. Uh, 
Now he, he it's kind of now I remember it being kind of funny seeing him in a horror movie because mm. at that time he was probably best known for uh, a film called Kez mm-hmm. in which he plays like a, a dickhead sports teacher. Uh, but he was, but also he's mostly known for just doing TV comedy bits like he was in Porridge and stuff like that. And he, ju- he just he just turned up playing the the thick, the thicky kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So and, and he's just just really good and he's just so quotable. And then I say and then the, the 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 mood just turns and he starts telling, you know, the joke about the, the crashing plane. Yeah. And everybody's oh, like, oh, the Alamo. And he goes, oh, no, no, they're nice. Do you know what? Me and my mum used to just constantly, and people would look at us like we're mad. Because we do this when we're out and about, not just when we're at home. It's just occasionally shout to each other, hey, remember the Alamo? (laughs) 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 I've got that one, but I do. do. It was still too heavy. That's that's the one I I lifted. You know, and you you just, just, every now and again, it was still too heavy. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, so but then, so then you go, okay, this is kind of nice, you know, okay, they're, they're bonding now, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of forget you're in a horror film, yeah. and, you, and then yeah. your brain's going, so where where am I thinking this film's going to go? They're just going to settle in and stay at this pub, but it's going to be, you know, like a cozy little comedy or something. And then of course he, he Jack mentions the the pentangle on the yeah uh, the pentagram yeah. Um, and then it just it just turns again. But um but yeah, I just love that kind of the way the mood swings backwards mm. and forwards and just it's just so weighted with um stuff that's unsaid. Mm. Um, and it's a it's a really I mean it's a it's a really short film. Again, by, by modern standards, it's like an hour and a half, which yeah, is it's an hour and a half. And really they pack quick. it all in and it's just going yeah, to go. And it doesn't dawdle at all, mm. you know, it just tells you everything you need to know and then it moves on. Um, Especially it's, it's, leaving the pub because they're like, okay, we should just we should just go. Oh, well, I'm not eating. There's no food. Go and then you've got yeah. the, the barmaid is like, no, we can't we can't let them go out there. Don't let yeah. them go. Go. They're literally going to get eaten. Go they're going to get killed. They can't go out there. Go because it's full moon. Can't go out. <laughs> it does it does a nice job that you, where you feel you almost feel like they've blundered into somebody else's movie. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> they're like they're that you know all the yeah. people in the pub are in like a Hammer movie. Yeah. And then these two Americans have just literally just kind of blundered in, like a- saddle style from another film, yeah. then, and then left. You know, it's like and some weird hammer, hammer wicker man type thing going on. Yeah, she got this cultish thing happening with the pub, and of course they, they're, they're like they're leaving the pub, and then they get yelled at. To, what was it? Um, Beware the moon and stay off the moors. Yes, yeah, yeah. Get like, to the road. How can you? Like beware the moon because. <laughs> well, that is, uh, yeah, Jimmy, that is what have I you not thought of. about just diving out of the way of the moon? Uh, what, is that what you meant to do? Come on, there. <laughs> just dive into like. That's how you avoid periods. <laughs> <laughs> I got a for that. Oh, I bloody wish. Uh, <laughs> I I love the bit with them on the moors because. Um, like one of the things I love about this film is that it gives you enough of the wolf in the like transformations and the and the attacks and stuff, but it doesn't. Sh- but it knows that it doesn't look very good when it moves, so they're yeah. very careful about planting the seed of terror in you without actually showing you anything. So there's a lot of like howling or like random rustling nearby and like the yeah. the, the padding of like 
big hefty feet and so you're just shitting yourself because you're like i don't know where it is <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> it really does play that kind of can you see it can you spot yeah. it when you mm. it feels like the camera's showing you something that you can't see that you're not looking in the right place yeah it's very and imagination and jaws you know jaws yeah. the shark was shit so john williams saved the day with like two notes yeah <laughs> and it's sort of, you know and it's similar again here which is been done in horror movies since dot really isn't it you know it's you you don't um you don't trust the shadows because you don't trust what your own imagination is creating in your mind of what's coming Mm -hmm. um it's the same in like when i watched um the cat people there's there's brilliant moments in that exactly the similar stuff like shadows and you can hear feet uh footsteps and stuff and i'm like like you guys i that's what i loved about this moore's section um, I think I think this is I think this is this is one of the advantages again not to be like an old fart, but you are. But it's one of the things that you know with when CGI came in and you discovered oh we can show everything, mm. um and you and you do naturally just lose a certain dramatic yeah uh, yeah you lose the mystery and that, yeah. that just that fear. Yeah, I do think as well, and like not to be a dickhead about it, because obviously anybody who works in the movie industry is already a thousand percent more awesome than I am, because I don't know how to do anything. But I do think CGI ages a lot worse than practical effects as well. Yes. So like, for example, I watched The Mist for the first time the other week, and like that is a genuine like gut punch of a horror film. Mm. But any time there was like a monster or a tentacle, I was tittering. I was like, this is like a PlayStation 1 game. It's it really is, it bad. Is, it is very strange mm. that that, like, I mean, all effects age, right? Yeah. There's, 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 but, you, but you can have a, you have an attachment to physical effects. Mm. Like, I love Ray Harryhausen Same. animation, right? Yeah. Now, there's no way a rational person can say that's as convincing as... You can't, but you accept it. You don't believe it, but you accept it. You can mm-hmm. see you can see the, 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 the hands of the person who created. You can see the hands. You know that it's been created by a person mm. and you can kind of see the magic in it, even if it's not 100 percent, you know, actually convincing. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you kind of accept it as movie magic. Same as with like the. um like puppets and stuff like Yoda or the gremlins yeah. and stuff like that. You watch gremlins, you go, okay, those are clearly plastic. Yeah. But your brain is prepared to make that leap to accept that they're real. Whereas when you look at something that's got slightly ropey CGI from, from the, like, like, even like something that was brilliant at the time, like the T-1000. Yeah. That, still, that looks a bit, you know, and you go, yeah, there's something, I don't have any affection for that in the same in the same way I do for for like physical props. And I don't know what it is at all. Well, um, in a weird way, it's like the Muppets. Mm. You know they're not real. You know they're just a person with a hand up a puppet's ass manipulating them. But yeah. still, I believe I believe it's, you know, Kermit and Miss Piggy and Rolf and all the others. Mm. And uh, ironically, they're in this film. But... Um, <laughs> But no, I I completely agree. I'm a Harryhausen fan as well, and and all that stuff from that that time, you know. And it it is the movie magic. You do just um, you know, just suspend your belief. Yeah. And I I wonder I wonder if it's a generational thing. Like I have my my I'm I'm looking forward to when my nephew 
and nieces get to an age where I can show them stuff like Jason and the Argonauts yeah. and stuff like that, just to see if they will accept that stuff or if they <laughs> will just blankly just go, nope. I'm scared of it. I can't watch Harry Hosen, so I don't like that that sort of stop motion stuff. But it really frightens me. <laughs> I have a fr- no. I have another friend who's very similar. She doesn't like prosthetics, so she's very much afraid of the Grinch and the Cat in the Hat and even mm. Umpalumpas, um, because of the makeup effects and that on their faces. I mean, we went to see Wicked, and that freaked her out as well. Oh no. Um, so it, I completely understand, because uh, it's that whole thing of like, um. I don't particularly like porcelain dolls or yeah. creepy looking marionettes mm-hmm. because I have this weird fear, which is purely because of horror movies and horror books, that those little fuckers are going to come to life and kill me. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, t- uh, what's the uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, the kids TV show? Yeah, from, like, yeah. yeah that, that put the fear of God in me for ventriloquist dummies. Good That's, gods. Yeah. Yeah. It's been <laughs> weird anyway. nice. Anyway, American <laughs> Werewolf in, in London. Mm. <laughs> Um, so where we got to the moors and we're just coming up to the Jack first getting shot down. Jack, yeah, Holy Jack shit! Good God, an attack! Christ! Yeah. I love that David runs away. I mean, I would too. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I think yeah, I think it's it's really rationally done. Yeah, like shit like that happens and you're gonna flee. You, yeah. There's no you know you're gonna assume your mates behind you or whatever. It's you're just right, gonna flee. Isn't it? I think it, the fact that he stops and goes back speaks volumes yeah because yeah. you wouldn't have seen me for fucking dust no i'd have been gone <laughs> sorry god sorry i'd have been in paris before i'd looked over my shoulder you know <laughs> it'd have been a channel through the channel of me <laughs> a lee-shaped channel um, before i even look back i know no i'm the same i like stay says i'm sorry guys if this happens to us you're on your own. I would no, like you, to. You I would like going. to think that you guys would just want me to leave. You see, is that is the thing. Like if <laughs> I, one of you, no, one of I, you I, is I'd taking me. You. Don't worry about it. You, <laughs> you, you can see my ass in front of you. See, you no, think, I, I'd be racing you. I don't need to outrun a werewolf. I just need to outrun you. That's exactly it. So, that's yeah. all I need to do is outrun you two. Wow. All I Charming. have. And the thing is, I might hear you screaming and. And you think it sounds like agony. I think it's like, run, Jen, save yourself. <laughs> save yourself. Don't come back for me. I'm finished. I love you both. Yeah. Don't have survivor's guilt. It's and fine. Then... <laughs> <laughs> so we're all on the same page there. Excellent. I'm not going to yeah. hold this against you. But I'll but hold I... you forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what, what it is, I think... What's clever about it at the time is there a wave of the actual story of American wealth in London. It's very traditional. It's yeah. it's not, you know, it, it's it's not exactly a remake, but it's pretty much your standard ABC plot of mm-hmm. of um, the, the, you know, um, the Wolfman or something yeah. like that. You know? It's what he based it on. But it's on the yeah, Wolfman. there's no real great um, postmodern twist or anything like that, apart from the fact the way people react the characters react to the weird stuff you know mm. so there, there was a there was like in in the 80s in the early 80s there was that kind of there was a little wave of kind of next generation horror movies and horror stories where they looked at the old tropes and kind of buffed them up a bit so you had stephen king doing um salem's lot which is like a modern take on dracula and then you had the thing which was a literal 
remake, but um, that put a modern spin on it. You had Alien, which was basically your bog standard, it the terror from beyond space, given mm. a modern sheen. And then you had, you know, this, which was, you know, your, your, your typical standard werewolf movie. But one, you have, it's funny and you have people, I think, I think Landis says in interviews that he, he basically, what happened was he was, he was making Kelly's Heroes in 1969. He was, he was like a, a stuntman and a, an assistant and stuff like that on Kelly's Heroes. And he was in the former Yugoslavia. And he was being driven from one set to another or something. And he passed, they were on a, a, like a back road in Yugoslavia and passed a group of gypsies burying a dead body at the crossroads, at a crossroads. And they were burying this body that was wrapped in a shroud standing up. Mm-hmm. And it was, co- it was wrapped in um, like rosaries and crosses and garlic and stuff like that. And the, the the driver who was Yugoslavian stopped and says, "What's going on?" And he said, "Oh well, we're we're burying this body, so you know, like this, so it's 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 feet are in the ground, and he he won't rise again to cause shenanigans, <laughs> mischief. He wasn't going to cause mischief." And uh, and every, you know, I said everybody in the car that was hilarious, except for John Landis. He just thought, "Yeah, but what if he did? What if he <laughs> did get up?" I'd just be completely, me and my friends would be completely unequipped to deal with anything like that because we just don't accept it. Yeah. And we just wouldn't accept it. We've grown up on, you know, cheesy horror movies. So if we see like a zombie shambling towards us. We're going to like give five minutes of stand up while it's tearing us apart. <laughs> so that was, he, he then wrote the script apparently uh, in 69 and then took about 12 years to get it made. But he, but but his attitude was, yeah. So what if this thing happens now instead of it happening, you know, in a, some kind of medieval setting or or in another, you know, in a in a a strange exotic culture? If it happened like an English language country, you know, mm-hmm. and and it, and it happened to like him, um, and it's, and the and the other take on it was basically, what if you know the deaths were absolutely horrible were proper nasty mm. horror deaths yeah. you know so there's a, it's none of this old and dead it was proper you know screaming for your life realistic and, as possible yeah and blood, blood everywhere blood everywhere yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just like a really traumatic death really I, mean, I think i'll put next to like chrissy's death in jaws like the first death in jaws it, yeah. yeah it's very like accompanies that where you just go jesus christ yeah and again, like like Jaws, it's it doesn't come in until about well, Jaws is quite late, but in this it's about what twenty odd minutes in. Yeah. To the film, it doesn't we... feel it doesn't feel that late at all. I mean, yeah. up until that point, you're having a good time. Mm. You know, and, you, and yet... you, you, you know, it's it's kind of fun, and you're having a laugh, and you like these guys, and you yeah. know, hey, that pub was funny, and whoops, they they stepped in it there, didn't they? And, and yet, you know, Landis, and Landis has said this isn't a comedy. He said he didn't. He didn't write it as a no. comedy. I mean, it's a. It turns out it's a comedy dramedy type thing. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't believe that for one minute, based purely on the fake porno that's showing when he goes oh. to the porn <laughs> cinema later. Because the, the idea of there being a porn that just keeps getting interrupted by people 
just being in the wrong room or uh, calling the wrong number like it's such a nonsense porno it's so funny there's no way that wasn't a huge joke yeah i think what what he says when he says it's not a comedy it's a horror movie what he's saying is it's not a spoof yeah yeah it's not it's not abbott and costello you know yeah Yeah. it's it's a horror film first but but it's also happens to be a bit funny you know Mm. There's this funny stuff that happens and they're kind of and they're funny because you like people when they make you laugh, which yeah. is good because I love it because obviously we, you know, um, uh, Jack is Jack. Yeah. Jack is killed. Yeah. And David is attacked. But then the townspeople appear and, and shoot the wolf and, and kill the wolf and save yeah. David. And, and fun fact that, that that werewolf is Brian Glover's brother in, ah. in the story. Um you don't. You, obviously, it's all kind of you know. You don't really get the story there, but there, 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 was, there was a BBC radio version in the. I think it was the late nineties that kind of expanded the right. village's story a little bit more, and you find out that yeah, that I mean Brian Glover resumed his role for the radio thing, and Jenny Agatha was in it, and John yeah. Woodfine. Probably. Okay. Um, and it's really good. I think it's on YouTube. Don't tell anybody. But um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a good one. It's worth listening to. But um, yeah, you find out that's his brother, and you know, and you go, oh, that's why he's upset. If his brother, you know, he's got to kill his brother. Mm-hmm. That's a whole. That's it a kind whole of casts a little light on why they were being so cagey and. Well, yeah, this is the thing. I've seen a lot of people like in reviews of this film say that they think like that the village folk are really harsh, and I'm like, but you have to remember that a werewolf isn't always a werewolf. So like, twenty nine odd days of the year. That's somebody that they know and love that lives in their village. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. <laughs> David. And they, they've got their be, way of dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. he might be the, the local vicar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. No, he's perfectly he's lovely. He's just yeah. a killer, bloodthirsty killer when he's a wolf. You know, exactly. that's, his brain switches off at that point and the, the wolf takes over. Yeah. But, uh, yeah sorry, carry on. No, I was going to say, I was going to move us to the, to the hospital scene because uh, I, I loved the nurses. I loved the nurses when she was like, I think he's a Jew. Well, how do you know? I looked. Well, here's here's the thing, right? Here's here's a tiny little script critique. I don't buy that line of dialogue because I don't think uh, over here, certainly that I don't I don't think you'd I don't think British people use the phrase. It's very American. Yeah. I, I think for a start, I don't think that would really come up particularly. I, you know, that seems like a very American. Um, it's an American interest. An American audience. Yeah, I, I don't think that would even register. But also, I think I don't I don't think a Brit would say a Jew. We don't say a Jew. We say I think he's Jewish, maybe. Mm, yeah. or, or something like that. We I don't think as Brits, we generally use the word a Jew. Mm. It, that it, that seems like a very American or even maybe a Jewish way of saying things but that's that's very minor but it's just one of the things where you just go that mm. i mean a lot i have to say for an american film made in britain i thought the, the british stuff is actually handled really well the, <laughs> the I, british I, stuff has always made me laugh because i feel like and i don't know if this is everybody's normal accent but i feel like it felt like they cast the most british people to british all over this <laughs> well, because it's like people walking and they're like oh hello yes my name's doctor you know super well, british of, yeah i mean i mean but at least the northerners sound northern that's yeah. true that and is the true. londoners sound like sound london now there, yeah. there's a lot of posh stuff i mean jenny eggett is probably too posh for a, 
and I don't know whether it's a, it's a, it might be a posh hospital. I don't know, but she seems a bit posh for a nurse. Um, but but yeah, I, I thought yeah, I mean it's clearly an outsider. It's clearly an outsider's looking at, but it's I think it's an outsider who's lived in mm. in, in England for a while and yeah. knows what to pick up. You yeah. know, it's mm. it's not somebody who's just coming in and going, oh the food's bad and the teeth are terrible. And you go, I was going to yeah, say it's not the you know bowler yeah. hats umbrellas and bad teeth it's yeah. not the stereotypes it's uh, yeah. actual actually trying to show uh, it, it more a of a british city. life than yeah now i don't know london well enough to know if the geography works because there's, there's always that thing where you know you i think it was an episode of murder she wrote or heart to heart or something like that or might have been magnum where they come to london for an episode a special and they, there was a car chase through london and they hit all the <laughs> all, all the landmarks all the even though they're yeah. not together you know yeah yeah and what kind of a route are they taking you know but I, I felt this one kind of hit the hit the right landmarks yeah okay it used i thought it used the location there's a reason you know yeah the, it london's you know is in the title so mm. it makes sense to use it so you've got you know london zoo and the underground and you see london bridge and the town and yeah, Piccadilly Circus. Like, yeah, and Piccadilly Circus. London, so there, yeah. I thought there was enough there for for it to be justified to be in London that you mm-hmm. just you don't go well that could be anywhere. You yeah. Know? But I also felt like it didn't just pander to it and just go, you know, how's the Parliament, Big Ben, for no for no good reason. You know, no, it just showed what it needed to show, and I liked that it showed the seedier side of what London was like yeah, yeah, yeah. in the early eighties. Yeah, like it. late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, exactly. Um, in that, in that, it it does. You, it, you know, it's it's not a touristy version, or no. um, or a, or a Mary Poppins version. No, it felt no, it's... you know, it felt a bit. Yeah, it felt kind of accurate in a in a kind of pop, pop, a, a bit of a you know extreme way, but it felt it felt pretty accurate to me at yeah. least. One of the things that I really like is how immediately Nurse Price is completely smitten with David, even though yeah. they're all I, kind I, of. I, I, pondering whether or not he's bonkers <laughs> yeah i, I kind of i mean I, when i watched it with jenny yieldblood she was like what's she doing what's she doing <laughs> and i was like this yeah, guy's I, going i think i'm a werewolf and she's like i do I, I don't guess it. i really buy their relationship well, I, do I you know what go on sorry okay because it's so short it's literally that I think that once you get to the hospital, I think you've got like a three week. I think they say it's something it's like three weeks. I think it's got to be three weeks because it's yeah. from one full moon to the next full moon, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've yeah. got you've got a week or just under a week then. And I thought I can buy that kind of that kind of impulse. You got, you know, it makes sense that I, I can buy that she'll fall for this guy who's kind of tragic mm-hmm. and he's kind of funny and he's, you know, he's good looking and charming and, and so on. I can, I can buy that for the space of I wouldn't give him like six months, yeah. but I I can buy it for the for the span a of, of weeks. bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, even without yeah. the werewolf, I could see that working for a week, and then it and then she goes, I made a terrible mistake. I've invited <laughs> a complete stranger of an American into my flat. I also I also really liked how very I found it a bit odd, but I did like how very open she was about her relationships and her sexual relationships. She's like, yeah. I've had some like one night stands and flings or whatever and blah, 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 blah. And then it's just, you know, he lives with her for the next week or so, which I find odd. But why not? It's just a quick yeah, fling. I mean, 
it's kind of, I can, yeah, I can, I can see it. Like I say, I, I can buy it for the, for the duration of the time there that they kind of bonded in the hospital mm. um, quite quickly. Cause she, maybe she's got a touch of the Florence Nightingale syndrome and she's, mm. you know, fallen for him or whatever. And, and he's, you know, and vice versa. I mean, she's, I mean, who wouldn't, to be honest, I mean, I've she's got, gorgeous, isn't she? I've got no, yeah, I'm not arguing <laughs> about him for you. Not at all. Uh, she is at all. absolutely gorgeous. Do you know who wasn't gorgeous, though? What's that? Jack, when he shows up. <laughs> oh, my God. When he's so made up or ripped up. Oh. This is one of my favourite bits of this film, because he turns up and he's got this, like, such a nonchalant attitude to having half of his face and neck yeah. hanging off. And there's a particular bit of, like, neck skin that flaps yes, it is. Yes, I was going to say, there's that little flap. Uh, like, I, I don't know if they did that on purpose or whether that was a happy accident, but either way, I think it's wonderful because it looks so real. Yeah. And he just like nonchalantly sits down and he's like, yep, I fucking died. How about my funeral? Yeah, <laughs> so, I think that's, that's, that's the genius of the attitude that he's not coming and going, he's literally giving forth all the exposition you'd get in a Lon Chaney movie or whatever, yeah. it's exactly the same stuff. There's exactly the same terminology of beware the moon and blah, 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 walk the walk of the earth as the undead and the curse of the world, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But it's the attitude of the way mm-hmm. it's delivered. Yeah. And it makes all just, the difference. It's just like very, you know, straight to the point, kill yourself, David. Just kill yeah. yourself. Do you know what? I, like, so I read online. There's a big theory online that I don't buy into that he's not actually that David is not actually ever a werewolf in this movie, and that actually what's happening is he's going through such terrible survivor's guilt after Jack having died after they've been attacked mm. that that his visions of Jack, as it were, were just sort of like terrible. Uh, survivor's guilt and that's why jack is trying to convince him to kill himself because he also believes like because david himself believes he should have died yeah. or right yeah. he should have stopped I mean, the attack and that sort of makes some sort of sense but yeah. it doesn't explain why the the village no. is fucking well, mental about yeah, it or well, why the, all the animals hate him or why london reacts the way it does in piccadilly circus <laughs> <at the> <laughs> well, it was just I a mean, man running around with a knife like yes there'd be some chaos but it wouldn't be that's like one of those yeah that's yeah. one of those fan theories that i'm sure somebody's patting himself on the back for mm. but it's literally <laughs> on screen yeah where you know where the doctor's telling him that so yeah. i don't think they've tripped over anything anything clever there it's yeah. literally the story he's denying to you know the doctor and, and stuff like that you know it's like that's you know i like you can interpret it as that but you know also i think that's a, a boring wanky kind of <laughs> well so do i i actually think it's a much better I think it speaks a lot to their relationship that A, he's so casual when he turns up and he isn't like, it's your fault I died, by the yeah, way. Quite, uh, yeah. And and the fact that he's just like, you're going to do this to other people and you've got to you've got to stop yourself. So just yeah. do one, mate. Like he's never, it's so like almost matter of fact the way he's just like, look, this is going to keep happening and it's and that's going to be on you. So you just take yourself, just take yourself out of the equation and everything you know, it's yeah. be fine. It's, it's in the bloodline. Talking to him like like he's his mate. Yeah. That's how you talk to your mate. You go, you don't come in and just go. Ooh. You don't now be pamby. You just like down the go, line. Yeah, look, you know. So he's having a good laugh about he's been to his, he's seen his funeral and oh my god, you the know, girl he wants to point me even there. in death and all that. He's still Jack even though he's died. 
Yeah. You know, and he's still apparently there was a bit cut because he has the toast. You know, he takes a bit of the toast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Egg, and it. Apparently there was a cut, a bit they cut where he swallows the toast and it drops out his throat. <laughs> and, and they cut oh. that. And apparently Landis, because they were just saying the censors wouldn't have that. It, it was yeah. too grotesque. Yeah. And, uh, and Landis regrets cutting it out. And I thought, yeah, that, that might have mm. been a bit too much. Because that, <laughs> that was, I mean, what you have to remember for the context of the time. I remember not being able to look at that scene. Yeah. 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 When I was watching it, that was like something complete. That was my nightmare. I'm not a gore person at all. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tolerate gore if it's justified and so on. But I had a really hard time sitting through that scene. Yeah. It's so well lit. I mean, it is brightly oh, lit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I, proper hospital, horrible hospital lighting. Yeah, yeah. They're not hiding anything at all. It's it's you know testament to Rick Baker's makeup that mm. he could say. I mean, I think that the whole idea was this is going to be nicely lit. Yeah. You know, and the transformation scene is going to be brightly lit. It's going to be you know we're not hiding anything in the shadows here. We're literally inviting people to just look at this stuff. Oh yeah, it was all. It's going to be on camera. It's not going to be so, fade in, fade out, subtle. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be good. You know, falls out in your face. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, okay. I didn't need that image. <laughs> but, um, but yeah they, 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 it is just tremendous and i think by keeping his performance natural he sells the the grotesquerie as being yeah. natural as mm-hmm. well if he was overacting or acting spookily mm. then it would give an air of like supernatural to the to the yeah. to the makeup and stuff whereas he just apparently griffin dunn was saying that he was when they first put the makeup on him, it's like a five-hour makeup job and all that. Yeah, kind of I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, he said totally. he was just really depressed. I bet. Oh, when he when he looked in the mirror, because he went, "This is what I'd look like if I was dead." <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and it was Jesus. really. And he said it proper got him down yeah. to just mm. look. You know, one of those things where you just look at yourself and go, "Fuck, I'm gonna die sometime," yeah. and this is this is my future kind of thing. But especially as it progressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's that's the that's the clever thing of it, isn't mm. it? Even even as a fourteen, fifteen year old watching it, you go, I was kind of dreading the next time he turns up. Yeah, or, you know, think, I don't want to see that, and I'm kind of glad when he just turned into like a kind of skeleton <laughs> in the because I, I honestly didn't expect the the makeup for Jack to progress. It's like decaying mm. through the film. I just ex, you know just expect to see him as he was when we first saw him with all the scratches and the yeah. missing part of throat so i was surprised to next scene when he's sort of turning green it is uh, it is yeah a it's, and gross. It's genius it's a proper genius yeah it's very piece clever of makeup, it's, you know and it kind good. of do, did change kind of i mean like you said i think i think obviously also came in because of the year before i think it was the elephant man the, mm. the, the film of the elephant man and it didn't win a, an Oscar for for makeup, and they said, "Well, that's just outrageous." And that's when they brought in the the Oscar thing, yeah, uh, oh. for special makeup or, or whatever. The this movie wholeheartedly deserves it. Like, there's some yeah. bits in this where genuinely, like when I was younger, I was like, "Is that is that real?" <laughs> like yeah. briefly, yeah, you sort of like, are they are they actually like? Like done a, like like squish up an animal or something and put it yeah. all that like it just looks so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean like the transformation scene is clear oh. is obviously oh. legendary. 
Yeah, it is, and I think looking at it now, I think seeing I don't you'll have to you'll have to tell me how how impressive it is now. Certainly at the time, looking at it now, I can go okay, I I could admire the effects of it Mm -hmm. and the storytelling of it and so on. Yeah, back in when I first saw it, that was literally looked real to me. That was you know Jurassic Park CGI. That was that I couldn't you know that didn't look fake in any way, shape or form. It's like how the hell are they doing this? Well, I mean, let, I mean, let's just jump to it because, you know, get, time's getting on. But let's jump to it because, let me know, it's, it's my first time watching it. Yes, I'd seen that transformation scene in documentaries about horror mm. and things. But to see it in context and to watch it in the film, it's still stunning and yeah. amazing to watch. Yeah. Because, yes, all right, when um, when David's laying on his back and he's changing, you mm. can sort of see where the where the carpeting, where his He's probably laying or yeah. sat underneath it, and that's the the puppet on top. But watching his acting as he's writhing in pain, as his body is yeah. stretching and cracking, is superb. But it's when you get to his hands when they're stretching. But mm. it's the heel. It's it, yeah. Oh, that those ankles. It those makes ankles. my ankles twinge watching <laughs> that sequence because it just looks so packed. And he's screaming. Like I say, I mean, I watched this, and we got to that. Like, I was quite happy with seeing Jack's face half hanging off. I was like, oh, my God, this film's brilliant. But when it got to this scene, and I think it's the way that David Norton sells um, the the sort of pain of the transformation. Mm. Because in a lot of, I mean, I've not, as I've previously discovered, not seen all the werewolf movies there are. But in a lot of them, or in like a lot of TV shows, like... um, Buffy. Like Buffy, for example, the transformations are like two seconds and it's yeah. done it's like i'm suddenly a wolf whereas yeah. this is like it's a good few minutes and he's screaming and crying out in pain and like his fingers are like slowly and stretching and yeah. cracking you know, and his face is elongating oh. as, yeah. as the snout comes through and that still looks stunning when it, the snout Phenomenal. grows that's, because that's it's all my practical and it's where all the, where yeah. the snout stretches out that's yeah. the bit where mm. i go oh yes yeah, because it's all uh, practical and it's all happening yeah. on oh, and, camera. You know? Yeah, and shout out to the sound design as well. I don't know who did the sound design on it. Mm. But, yeah, the yeah the makeup was fantastic. But the sound just it's really just, sells yeah, it. It's superb. And snaps, and, and and watching his spine change and just yeah. – just, but it, it, it's, it is how it – it sounds silly. It is how it should be yeah. for a man or a woman changing into a werewolf. It, because it, seems, it, it well, shouldn't this be is how influential it was because before this came out, uh, werewolf ten- transformations tended to be like dissolves, cut yes. away, cut back, cut away, cut back, bit more hair on the face, and so on, and that was it, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After this, then it became a thing. Then it became a, a transformation, and that was, I mean, it became such a thing. I mean, there was a really cheesy uh, action adventure show called Manimal in the 80s mm, mm-hmm. about, about and it was literally somebody just went why don't we turn american werewolf into a cop show and they, they it's just about a guy who helps out the police and he can transform into a panther and a hawk and something else i can't remember and and literally they had like this kind of transformation and it was exactly the same thing with like the hair sprouting and and all that kind of stuff you know and it was it then it literally just changed i know it sounds you know like a small thing but it changed the face of how werewolf transformations were done 
You know, it's like, yeah, well, that's big, you know. But, but it did, it just, you know, you couldn't then just do a, a, a quick dissolve from, you know, you know a cutaway cut back routine. Yeah. It had to be transformation then. Um, but, and then and then CGI kind of bollocks that up and you, you could do it in like one, you know, which, in one shot, mm, um, yeah. which, which was impressive for about five minutes. And then and then just went, yeah, I'd, I'd, I prefer the cutaway, cut back, cutaway, cut back <laughs> effects yeah. thing, you know. But yeah, <clears throat> I, I'd say for me, it still stands up as an amazing piece of practical effects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I love the fact as well that they go with like, because the soundtrack to this film is oh, so on amazing. the nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's on amazing. the nose. Like every song is like, what song have we got that mentions the moon, lads? Well, then, yeah. again, this is, this is something else it did first. In that it, it did it was the first film to do that i mean now you can't you can't move you can't sit through 10 minutes of a marvel movie without some uh, kind of ironic some needle drop, needle drop. yeah that yeah. kind of subtly comments on the action that's going on whereas mm. this was the first i remember watching it going this is so clever all the songs are about moons mm. and moonlight and it's mm. kind of funny but not and like yeah. it kind of it's a bit of a nudge but they also work or yeah. they counterpoint so you've got like a, a i mean a, not too much to skip to the end but you've got this ultimate you know tragic ending mm. that the film suddenly stops and drops the bebop version of blue moon <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> which is like completely wrong but works superbly well yeah in a yeah. really horrible kind of way that just get film over dip 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 you know like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and I mean, they and they did not hold back on on David's killings either. No, you know, the, no. The, the, the happy, lovely couple visiting their friends. Let's go and scare them. Uh, mm. We'll just get ripped to shreds at the same time. You know. And and you know, and the guy on the on the on the underground as well. Oh, like, oh my god, that one That's, was just. That one. I'm sure this is not in any way amusing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. we all say that now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that. That particular scene is one of the many reasons why I get very uncomfortable if I'm ever in a tube station and there's less than like ten other people there. Yeah, like if you've ever had to get looking, a late night tube and there's really like one other person. Oh, it's just it's just it's so like I've always thought the tube's a little bit eerie anyway when, yeah, when totally it's are. like fairly empty. Yeah. Um so I remember once me and Rich were coming back from somewhere and we got what we went down into one and it was literally just the two of us and I was like, If you weren't here, I wouldn't get this tube yeah. i don't know what i'd do instead <laughs> i've I only been to london like a couple of times like literally twice and i i hated the tube just straight mm. away it was it's so designed for people who use it all the time and not designed for people who are just visiting at all it oh, just yeah. feels hostile yeah um yeah. <laughs> that, it looks horrible and you know it might look it might be nicer now but it's not but yeah, like, yeah, really. it just looks like it. I mean, it's the it's the be- it's the perfect place for horror movies, really. So like, oh, it's why aren't there more horror films set in the on yeah. the tube? And the way it's, that you know Landis and that set this up, and one of the I feel like one of the few times we actually saw the wolf in even in fluorescent lights, but in light stalking the man yeah. as he's jumped up on the escalator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was just, I, I I love that section because like states they are eerie horrid places to be in uh, i don't like them when they're crowded i don't like them when they're vastly empty um because there's just there's that spookiness to them mm. and you're completely with this guy when he's like nope and he starts legging it 
Um, <laughs> and bless him when he falls up the. As soon as he fell on the escalator, I was that's like, that's it, that's it. I've, I've done, done all done. When he <laughs> fell on the escalator, I thought, God, he's just chinned himself on that. Yeah, <laughs> that totally, looks like it really hurt. Totally did, and then my thought was, ah, oh, you're bleeding. The wolf will, wolf will smell that even more. Mm. It's like you're yeah. definitely dead. <laughs> you are lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was that was probably one of the the scenes that I found most like um like spooky and yeah. scary. Do you, do you know what I loved about it too? There's a really brilliant transition between the wolf howling and then the terrifying noise of a tube train. Yeah, which is one of the best transitions in the movie, if you ask me. Yeah, because it's, it's I mean, just it's like a, this sudden sort of like, oh God, where are we now? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a deliberate homage, I think, to cat people, isn't it? Yes, it's, I think it is. Yeah. The, I can't think what it's called now. The, the, the something bus. I can't. Remember. I've gone blank on the name, but it's it's a, it seems like a deliberate reference to that. And then there's yeah. the, there's the the one a bit later where it cuts to the uh, to the lion in the zoo as well, yeah. which is mm-hmm. um, that's really I mean, for a bit. I've have also got to say, like, hats off to David Norton for basically being naked through most. I yeah. did think to myself, it's, and I don't mean to be gratuitous when I say this, but it is very rare that you will see even a glimpse of full frontal male nudity. Oh, yeah, we saw, a, yeah, there was definitely a willy when he's running yeah. through the forest. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, in his little nightmare yeah. thing. That was clearly pre-VHS. They they didn't they didn't think people will be able to like pause this. Or, yeah. or like Do you know what was you know? quite funny though is that when I put the film on, like you know how it always comes up at the start, things like you know the rating, and then there's like a couple yeah. of warnings of like you know uh, violence and gore, and then it said nudity, and which went is there nudity in this movie? And I was like, I don't know, I don't really remember. And then within like <laughs> half an hour of the film, I'm like, he's running through the forest naked, Rich. Yeah, yeah. I think it, because it's because it's like i mean obviously americans are just really scared of like you know nudity Boops sexual and nudity. And but male nudity generally is seen as funny and it's, it tends to be played for, although it's completely like forward and story yeah. it's generally played yeah let's, you know, <laughs> let's not stop. so um so but it but it isn't i mean god bless him they shot this in like february oh no so he would have been freezing i mean john land is deliberately picked <laughs> like february and march because he wanted bad weather yeah and he was he was like and, you know he was i mean even when he's indoors he's naked he's talking to, he's yeah. talking to jack he's sat on the set he like covering himself up with a pillow but um but yeah so he's he's running through the woods naked and you think god what a it's it's a shame because he, he i mean it's a he's, there's a great performance and it's a shame his career didn't seem to really go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't know him much from anything else. I mean, yeah, I do, he I, didn't. I, I, I think sorry. he did a few kind of like 80s sex comedies and the mm. odd nudged wink straight to video horror movie and the odd sitcom yeah. and stuff like that. But he, he put in a genuinely brilliant performance. He's clearly committed to his craft, mm. you know, Um and he's uh, genuinely likable, and you think, well, I don't understand why he didn't. Where did where where did that go wrong? Or maybe it was. I feel know, the I same about Griffin Dunn though as well, because like, yeah. I don't know what else you know anything he was, else that he's. Yeah, been, he, he 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 had a bit more of an impressive career as like a character actor. And he did. Mm, he he okay. made he made one of my least favorite films, oh, no. which was After Hours by Martin Scorsese. Oh, no, which I've never are, seen it. I've seen that one. Yeah. Well, you know me and Martin Scorsese, so I'm uh, not going. I'm, I'm not going to go. Him. What? I'm going to go. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> um, but, uh, so he, he did a few bits and bobs, and he became a director himself. He, oh. he made uh, Practical Magic. He directed Practical oh, Magic. Oh, I love that film. And, oh, okay. 
so he he had a bit more of a career and he became more of a jobbing actor and he seemed to be more of a character actor and stuff like that and he produced and directed mm. and i think he did a lot of theater stuff and and that kind of thing but yeah david mm. norton seemed to just vanish in straight to video hell unfortunately i did uh, i did um i did laugh a lot when he took the balloons off the little boy <laughs> and a little boy runs to his mum and's like Naked American man stole my balloons, and it's just <laughs> that's a time capsule of a line to say. <laughs> She's like, "What? What?" <laughs> I and also, you know, he, he, not only was he naked, he was naked in like with wolves. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. And you kind of looking at the game. Are they going to fake this? And no, uh, the camera pulls back, and he's actually in the in the uh, in the cage yeah. in the with the wolves. Absolutely, he has to yeah. climb himself out. Oh, that was um, impressive. I have to say, impressive yeah. climb. Yeah. What what I learned, what I loved a, a bit later as well is that like once he's hears about the uh, the six murders and and he can't remember what he's been you know up to over the night and he's convinced himself right I am I obviously am a werewolf and I've done a, a load of murders. Mm. He tries to get himself arrested, but he does it by just swearing. It's so, like just insulting the queen and then swear. He's like oh tits bollocks cunt oh. and like the police was just like sod off mate come on <laughs> i loved <laughs> that that was his, like he could have punched the policeman he could have punched a passer but like he could have done anything but no instead yeah. he was like prince philip's a total wazzock no. <laughs> no prince charles because charles at, sorry at yes time, of course charles and i had just had just started seeing each other and they were, were just all getting like married pages. yeah, yeah then, there was a there was a weird like uh congratulations message yeah, at the end at of the, the end, credits yeah, yeah, when they were filming, yeah. they were, they, you know, the, the romance had started. And when it was released, because it was, like I say, they, they were filming. It was a really quick turnover. They were filming in, in February and March. And then it got released in America in August and wow. released over here in November. So super, super quick, mm-hmm. really, especially for an effects heavy movie. Yeah. But it's all practical, I guess. There's no opticals in it. And it's, it's all been done. Um, in then and there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I it mean, was all done pre, I guess. It was all casts and, and stuff like that being done before. I mean, the question I, I did have after David does manage, I had a couple of questions, really, after he does manage to get back to um, Nurse Alex's flat is, one, how did he pay his fare on the bus? Uh, yeah, I figured, he, I figured that the old lady must have had some change. I, that's what I thought. Pocket, must have had some assume, change yeah. in her pocket. But yeah. also, where did he put his keys to get back into the flat? <laughs> I'm assuming the window again. He's already had to break in once. Because yeah, <laughs> she was home, so I guess it wasn't was locked. Home. The door wasn't locked. Because I wasn't sure if it was one of the. It doesn't really matter. I'm just overthinking it, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you, you do these things when you know mm-hmm. you just go, well, hang on a sec. Hold yeah. on a moment. But what, what, what we're talking about, so, something I want to mention before we forget, because, you know, time's getting on. I, I want to mention the um, Sergeant McManus, like the the police sergeant. Yeah. Who's played by a guy called Paul Kemba, mm-hmm. who is brilliant. He just, he puts in a phenomenal little comedy performance. He's like he reminds me of Percy in Blackadder. Oh he's, yeah. He, he's the guy who knocks you know knocks the knocks trays the, over, like the trays over and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I I don't he's not been in anything else as far as I can tell. Yeah. I don't know who he is, but he's I can't understand why is he why is he not in more stuff? Because he was really really funny. I wonder if he just went to theatre or if he was just a yeah, friend I mean, of something. Yeah, apparently he was, he's actually a playwright or something. Oh, OK. Um, but, um, but I thought he was terrific. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so I just, I just want to give that guy a shout out. Yeah. I did enjoy the kidney tray section. That was good fun. Putting it all back together again. That was it's, it's one of the few moments where it's actually like proper slapstick. Yeah. Really. yeah. You know, most yeah. of the comedy comes from, you know, people being people. and yeah. uh, oh, The people being the people in the porno theatre. Yeah. When, when you've got Jack again now looking slightly more skeletal in face i love when he scratches his nose yes yeah, yeah, i yeah. love that too oh <laughs> i thought that was superb and then you've just got the the other dead people that that david's killed yeah. and the three old dudes that are sat ahead of them and then they're all discussing of ways he could kill himself <laughs> it's yeah. very you know it's a very for a funny film it's a, actually really it's really, really morbid dark. well yeah. do you know what i was just gonna say we've skipped over one bit that i'm really interested in jenny's reaction to because okay. when i was a kid <laughs> and i first saw his nazi werewolf nightmare oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> i was like what am I what looking at? Fuck? Now, I feel like this might have been because when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on the surnames and I didn't pick up on the joke in the hospital about his circumcised yeah. women. Yeah. So I was just like, what? What is what is this here for? But like now as an adult, I get it. But I just wonder if that hit differently, like watching no, it now in I, the 2020s. I'll, I'll be honest, it slid by me a little bit too. And it wasn't mm. until I watched the interviews with John Landis on the special features afterwards, when he was explaining that um, the character of David is about John Landis's age, and that meant that at that time, uh, in the late 70s, well, and 80, 81 he would have been old enough to um, have family at the Holocaust and Nazi yeah. Germany, all of that. So that would have been a very real part of his family history and background, if you like. So to have Nazis bursting into his home and killing his family is, of course, a massive nightmare um, and, and fear that he would have. But it didn't jump out to me at all straight away. I'm afraid to say that did slip me by. Um, mm. But then I... Because I was watching, it's like, what, what's going on now? Why have we got Nazis? And then I just love it when David wakes up. And every time he wakes up, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and I just love the way he says that. But it did slip me by a little bit. But I also thought it was brilliant. And I loved the extra jump scare of um, him waking up and Jenny Agatha opening the curtains yeah, yeah. and her being stabbed by another one, which I knew was it's, coming, but it's still great. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> How, although they're jump scares, they work. They don't feel like cheats. They yeah, they're feel not yes, like or legit. Anything. Yeah, and like and the, the fact I think I think what's again just to pick on that one where uh, Jenny Agatha opens the curtain and the the guy comes in and stabs her. What really sells that as a horrible nut cheat moment is when you see her on the floor and he's stabbing her when she's on yeah. the floor. Those yeah. extra little kind of horrible little knife swipes yeah. stop it from being just a cheap. A quick scare to being oh that's just generally generally mm. just horrific and repulsive. Mm. I mean, uh, the the only other thing I found h- humorous, but because of an awkward layer, was the sex scene between <laughs> David yeah. and Alex. Because oh mate, the, I've never seen anything so awkward in my life. Wasn't it though? I mean, I know the shower wasn't exactly huge, but that was just very kind of. What are you doing? I don't know where to put what, my I, I don't know what you, how is this, that isn't sexy, guys. You've just. I liked it. I thought it was sexy. <laughs> when of they course, got to the bed, yeah. Right. I mean, when they got to the bed, fine. You know, okay. You see boobs, great. 
But, but apparently, apparently they couldn't find a flat with a shower in it. There were no, in like nineteen eighty one in London, oh, nowhere had a shower. Oh, okay. So they had to build, um, basically build a little shower cubicle. Okay. In, in, in the, in the I could have made it bigger then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it any bigger. What are they going to do? Spread out. But um, <laughs> but yeah. Apparently, apparently they, the, the water only came in like two temperatures, which was freezing cold and scalding hot. Oh, so. It was, it was, it, yeah, he said, it's up to you to guess whether that's like scalding hot or freezing cold at that point. Yeah. Said that, but notice there's no steam. But, uh, <laughs> there was but, absolutely yeah. no steam in a, you know, within metaphors or temperature <laughs> water. <laughs> no, was... I, no, I disagree. I, th- I thought that was. Uh, do you know what? I'm glad that you've said that, Jenny, because sometimes I wonder whether my like sex averse asexuality is peeking through too much when it comes to sex scenes in movies. But there are some that I can like genuinely appreciate. And I do think this one gets better when it moves towards the bed. But, when it mo- yes. But I also think when it moves towards the bed, nothing they do appears to be actual sex. Yeah. Like there's well, a lot yeah. of him I mean, very put... quite stationary on Lots top of, of that. Yeah. Lots of necking. And then there's a bit of like sort of kissing around the belly button. And I'm not saying that in the middle of this film I wanted them to like full blown play for it. Yeah. But it just it, I don't know, I feel like if, if you're gonna do a sex scene you need to make it look like they're actually having sex. Well, well this is the this is the <laughs> this is the eighties. Okay. Mm. This is like seven sex was basically this was pre porn. You know, mm. literally, you did literally have to go to a cinema to watch porn. Mm. So there was no such thing as you know, hardcore porn or anything like that, really. There was no internet. And sex scenes in, you look at sex scenes in the 70s and 80s, and they were literally just looked like a guy was doing press ups. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> so, yeah. you know, the fact that they, they hint towards Cunnilingus at all was yeah. probably quite daring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the fact that you know that that, that there was that he was going downtown at all was was like really kind of pushing the limit, and apparently it was um, a longer sex scene that got cut down. And again, that's another thing that John Landis said. I wish I'd kept you know mm. kept the, the like I'm sure this. Well, maybe I was just younger, so it seemed steamier at the time. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was yeah it, it was quite a steamy scene and like he did like when he did innocent blood which was a, the horror film he did later which is basically um about vampire gangsters about vampire mm-hmm. mob um that had a lot of sex in it and he really pushed the sex angle on that because by yeah. the time you got to the early 90s you know you could there was a bit more leniency yeah. uh, at that point you know but um but yeah it was like i don't know you you, you girls what don't, can I don't, say? don't know hot when you see it. But. Well, I do. It's just that wasn't it. But let's <laughs> move on to the. But that's, but yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the time. Yeah, that was the, the time, the time of it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you look at like the really hot films from the time, like, I mean, Christ, what? The Bitch or The Stud and stuff like that. They are so unerotic. Oh, <laughs> Joan Collins. Yeah, it's just, I mean, just the fact that Joan Collins was like a sex symbol she is was, just yeah. bizarre to look it's, back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no. let us move on to the final act, or the like the the, the big the big <laughs> the big final scene where David is the wolf and terrorizing Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, I Which, absolutely oh. adore this scene. Me too. The pure escalation of it, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> insane? It goes yeah. it goes from like oh no, he's killed a couple of people in this porno cinema. Whatever shall we do? And then it's like 
He's on the street. He doesn't even kill anyone, but he causes such utter chaos just by being Massive like people yeah, reacting and like people flying out the windshields of their cars oh, and like buses like twatting into. Window, you know. Oh my yeah, god! The, 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 the guy who gets run over is just horrible. Oh, they yeah. don't mess around and, and with that at all. Was it was it a police officer the one sandwiched between the two cars? And yeah. As I was watching it, and it occurred to me so. When Landis then did the Blues Brothers, there was a car pile up and you can yeah. sort of see where this is all kind of coming from. And in Blues Brothers 2000, they did one of the biggest car pile ups in, in film. Yeah. Um, well, but, apparently when they were shooting this, they were the first um, film production that got permission to film um, in Piccadilly Circus mm. in 15 years. Because apparently you're allowed to film on the streets, but you're not allowed to stop the traffic. So they had to get special permission. And apparently they only stopped the traffic for a total of six minutes. Mm. <laughs> that was and, yeah. and that was three separate occasions to do the three stunts, three two minute shots. Yeah. Um so they, they only stopped traffic for, for six minutes in total. Although they didn't have permission to do car crashes, they, they neglected that. They <laughs> neglected to mention that to the council. <laughs> so uh, oh, yeah, man. so it it is just like, and they they showed, and they had to clear it with the police, and apparently they showed them um, the Blues Brothers, and yeah. they went, oh yeah, yeah, go for it. So <laughs> I think I'm not sure what they thought was it was gonna be. Well, because Landis is actually in it, he's in one yeah. of the stunts. So when the, the guy goes through the plate glass window, isn't yeah, he? well he says that, but he doesn't actually go through it. The woman does. He sort That's of gets he, he gets smashed into it. That's Don't it, get yeah. me wrong. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it's like the la- it looks like a laundrette or something, yeah. and a car goes careering into them, and smacks into him, and he seems to sort of he does smack into it, and then knocks there's, a woman right through it. There's a really there's a moment in in the making of or in an interview that really made me kind of go, mm. where he's talking about that thing. He says, "Oh, because I used to be a stuntman, and I thought I'd do it, and yeah. uh, you know, and you have to be very careful because no film is worth somebody dying." Yeah. 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 Now, of course, he made this like a couple of years before he did the Twilight Zone and the, you know, oh, the yeah. tragedy with Vic Morrow and stuff like that, yeah. which really just made me just kind of um, blanch. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, um, we probably shouldn't go into that, but it, it's just horrific. If you want to look up, look up Google the Twilight Zone mm. accident and it's just horrific. It's terrible. Max Landis wanted to do a remake of American Werewolf, and that's kind of. It doesn't need it. it, it no, no, it's, it's gone its own way now. You know, it's that's gone away. But apparently, um, Robert Kirkman is the latest. You know, the comic book guy from Walking mm. Dead stuff is attached to to a remake. And I could, I could, you know, I could. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of remakes, but you know, they they can. But I'm not particularly. <sighs> Like, See, know. I I am okay with remakes if I feel like it can bring something to the film. Yeah. Mm. Like I've said before that there are so many films that I genuinely like but are completely let down by like bad special effects of the ages or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um so I feel like if we redid them now or even just like gussied them up now, mm. they'd be great. Like they'd be like nigh on perfect movies. This movie isn't one of them. It doesn't need gussy enough. It's well no. gussied already, and it's it's, it's wonderful. It, it is literally yeah perfect. It's fine. It's absolutely spot on for what it needs to do. You can't yeah. mess with anything. You know, even even the effects or whatever that might have dated a bit. I don't care. They work well yeah. for what they are. Yeah. Um, 
you know yeah, cause yeah. The, the only bit that has ever sort of pulled me out of the movie even a tiny bit is there is a very quick shot of david as the werewolf running through piccadilly oh. circus okay. and it looks yeah. like a man in a furry costume going well because have you seen what it was no he's basically a, a guy in a wolf costume on a wheelbarrow <laughs> so he's literally walking along with his oh, arms as paws and mm. then the back legs so his legs are then just sticking straight out the back of this wolf's arse. Yeah. And then the wolf's legs, a little, like, motorised pedal leg oh, thing. Oh, God, amazing. Which is why you never see the back end of the, of the wolf. Now the, and, like, and, like, the bit where the wolf grabs, the, like, the police inspector and bites his head off, that's essentially mm. a big glove puppet. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if you imagine, like, the screen's cropped off on the, on the, on the side... If you imagine that if that carried on a bit, it's literally just just a guy with his arm up the oh, this is big glove puppet. But it's uh, but again, it's the it's the practicality. Of it. I mean, I must say, when I was a kid, when I first saw it, I was disappointed that it was an actual werewolf, not a wolf man. So yeah. I, I I I from the photos and stuff I'd seen, I'd envisioned it as a as a and I do I do generally prefer a wolf man to a werewolf. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the bipedal thing, I like that. So I was I was always been a little bit disappointed that it was just a big a big wolf character. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, oh, before actually before we get on to the end, I just want to mention the phone call scene right. um, where where, oh, home, where he's planning to kill himself. I mean, yeah. it, it speaks a lot for the character of David that as soon as he finds out he's killed somebody, he immediately no screwing around, he's going to kill himself. He's yeah. made his mind straight away. And I think that speaks volumes for for the character. Mm. And it just adds what a tragic, really horrible tragedy of the film it is. There's no hope for as funny as the film is. There's the guy's doomed yeah. from, from the start to the end. There's yeah. no hope there and no optimism there at all. But um, but I think the sin he make and then he, he he decides to phone home. And what, I think that's why the dream sequence with his family is so important. Mm-hmm. Because although you don't really notice, you see his sister who he talks to later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very subliminally, you know who he's talking to. Yeah. And it was only because I watched it, you know, quite recently. I went and go, oh, that's her who he talks to. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And, it, and that, that phone call, I always thought that was kind of like emotional. But that really hit me hard this last yeah. time I watched it. That really dug into my guts mm. that he that you know that his relation to how he talks to his sister is a, i thought was a very real yeah. brother talking yeah. to to his sister kind of conversation that you don't say you love your sister it, it's it's awkward and it's weird and you know and if you say that then she's going to say that you're being awkward and weird <laughs> yeah. like but you, you can feel that he's he's got to say what he needs to say mm. uh, and 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 i ju- it just told me up that that's, mm. that's yeah, it's gutting that is. Yeah, I thought it was so well done, and and then you especially then like just juxtaposed by the the conversation in the cinema of like <laughs> all the people he's killed yeah. talking about the many ways he could off himself, like oh no, that's too quick, or like oh you don't want to do that, that's you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like God, you're so casual about this man's death, and yeah. like yeah, I know, fair play, he did kill you, but <laughs> I'm sure yeah, I'm sure their death wasn't particularly pleasant, so no. I, I I'm not bl- <laughs> I'm not blaming them. I can, yeah. you know, I mm. can appreciate their point of view, but mm. um, but yeah, I mean, so, that, so no, I was okay. saying, yeah, you're absolutely right. That that 
that moment is lovely but then we obviously we get to that the final wolf scene and the doctor with alex nurse alex Mm. racing to try and do i don't know what because by the time they get there he's already changed to the wolf and then Mm. of course alex hopes that she can somehow get through to david whilst he's changed as the wolf you know i love you yeah and even i'm thinking oh that's not going to work (laughs) <laughs> well i mean it stops the wolf in his tracks it does to get shot in the end it does yeah yeah <laughs> there is that pregnant pause of hmm will it nope I, I, he's gonna yeah, jump <laughs> i think it's very very well done and yeah. It, yeah. it's also one of those it the fact that it's it's so brief it's, mm. it's such a you know brevity really is yeah. you can you can kind of see that you know you can, you can see them stretching that out for two hours yeah. In, a, oh, in like Netflix, the Netflix cut or whatever, you know, just yeah. goes on and on and on. But the fact that it, it, it is so, you know, you don't get time to to absorb the shock of everything you've just seen at all. No, you don't get a chance to sort of breathe the character, if you like. And I like yeah. that. I like that it's a, you know, bang, bang, yeah. bang, dead. That's it. It's see just, the corpse out. Yeah. That it, it's it's like it's, it's a real proper punch in the face. Yeah. Ending. And it's kind of something I kind of miss a little. I don't want to get into the whole, yeah, well, you know, modern films go on for 12 hours and, you know, they, they end and then they go on for another half an hour. And I think a film goes on for as long as you need to, you know, yes. if you, yes. need, if you, you know, like Lord of the Rings was nine hours, you're not going to be able to wrap that up mm. in, you know, in five minutes, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but the fact that it comes in and just doesn't, I mean, we've said this before, we've been watching, uh, me and Jenny have been watching films throughout lockdown and stuff. We've been having our little Sunday night um, film night, night yeah. and watching a lot of old old movies and stuff like that. And it's really struck us, I think, how, how <laughs> films just suddenly stop. Yeah. You know, <laughs> until you get to, you know, you watch them from the 50s and 60s and like, story's over, bye, go. Yeah. And <laughs> the film, end, go. Curtain slows, yeah. that's it. And I think you look, you look at this and you look at you know, like the, the thing as well. They weren't afraid of slapping the audience in the face at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's not a comforting uh, end to the film at all. You're not going to go and go, ah, like you, you can just imagine, you know, they'll go off. You know, if yeah. this was to be made, that you'd then you'd find out that Alex is pregnant. I thought that was going to happen. Off, and... I honestly thought she'd be pregnant. It's like, ah, oh, wolf baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. We don't. We don't need that. We don't need that. We don't want that at all. No. No. I am. Um, I'm just like noticing how long we've waffled, and I just wanted to bring up two very small bits, but that really made me laugh. And this is one of the reasons why I love this film so much is because I. I think sometimes the the tragedy can be way more impactful if you're in a laughing comedy mood. Mm. Um, So like, you know, I've said it before. There's been episodes of stuff like Scrubs where you're like having a laugh because it's a stupid comedy. And then all of a sudden something will happen and it will really punch you in the gut because you just weren't, you were on such a high from all this laughing. (laughs) Um, Mm. And there were two bits in this film that really tickled me on this watch because I was like keeping an eye out for things. And there's one bit where the the, the doctor in the hospital says to David, remain sane, which I just thought was hilarious because (laughs) like, have you ever tried having a mental health issue? It's very hard (laughs) to just not have it. It's really hard to just be like, Oh, that's all I needed to do was just not be, not be mad, not be. (laughs) Oh, but you're missing it. 
the best line, which is like he says something like "remain sane," or at least until you're not my responsibility. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. which I, think is, yeah. I think that's spot on. Like, oh, like, it's yeah, it's brilliant. Do, do but I like the fact. Table. I do think that speaks to his character as well, though, that he has that sort of like almost like oh well, you know, um, that doctory attitude of like once a patient is out of your hair, you know, you've done what you can kind of thing. But actually, mm. he sticks on David, and he does go to the well, he does. to it's the village, and he and he. And he tries to help because he clearly sees that this man is going through some shit. Um, And the other bit is when before the first transformation scene, when David is just knocking around um, Jenny Agatha's house Mm. and he's clearly very bored and he keeps going over to the mirror and just going snarl (laughs) 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 and like at himself. (laughs) That was one of the most adorable things I've ever seen because he like clearly thinks he's going mad, but he's also a bit sort of like, I wonder what it'd be like. Stay well. <laughs> and he's just just going, grrr. <laughs> I, yeah, I think someone himself. else thinks, well, am I? Or yeah. am I not? Because he's going to go And thinking, of course I'm not. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what a stupid thing to think. It reminded me of, you know, that bit in the, uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Stan Lee's there and he's conv- trying to convince everyone he's the Hulk. And he just sort of like feebly pulls at his clothes and goes like, I really did it once. And he's like, <laughs> he's trying really hard. It just reminded me a bit of that because it's like, it's him blatantly sort of like trying it on and then being like, this is stupid. What am I thinking? And it's, then it's moments just, later, he's like writhing in agony on the floor. Like, oh, no. Well, it's it is, it is a really nice moment. And it, again, it, it's, it speaks to what you're saying about like the switch from comedy to, mm. to horror. I, so I, I think you can go. I think you can go from from funny to dramatic and it works really well. If you go from dramatic to funny, I think you undermine it. So, for example, yeah. the film like Independence Day always annoyed me in the cinema because like the first half is super tense and thrilling and everybody's dying and stuff and then it's like halfway through they thought we're too scary here we need to, and then it becomes a bit of a, a goof off for the second mm-hmm. half of the film mm-hmm. and that i oh i always hate it when films do that i think you can start funny and go serious and it works really well but you, it's very difficult to start serious and go funny and keep seriousness of it you know mm. and keep the weight but i think but what when you when you do funny like so that so that scene where he's you know you, you, everybody's waiting for him to turn we wait yeah. he's waiting for him to turn and we're waiting for him to turn he and and you, you know they, they're building tension but you don't feel like they're building tension because he's doing it in a really funny way so you got you got like you know you got the credence playing yeah enjoying the music you're tapping along there's all these gags where he keeps opening the fridge going i'm not hungry and showing it yeah he tries to read he's clearly not he's pacing up and down you know in a tiny little london flat uh and then you suddenly realize he's pacing up and down like a like a wolf in a cage and so on (laughs) and then it cuts to to the you know Alex with the with the cutest kid in England. No. And then he <laughs> put full moon and it cuts back and then suddenly he starts screaming and grabbing his head and it's like, holy cow, I wasn't ready for that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, I really it's... want and that it doesn't mess around either. It's none of this kind of oh I feel I feel a bit hot. Yeah. Or, you know, mm. Oh, my neck is a bit itchy. It's like literally it's gone from zero to two thousand miles an hour, you know? Mm. And and it's generally upsetting to 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 watch. And you just, I I don't know where this is going now. This has suddenly <laughs> got really horrible. Yeah. 
yeah it's a it's a wonderful movie isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it is i think it, i think it really does again you know obviously it'll be up to jane to say where she feels like first time out but i think it stands up really well it is yeah, one of the too. ones that doesn't that i i think what worked what was it 30 years ago 40 40 years ago well for, technically it's 41 because that's yeah. how old i am so what i think <laughs> what, what worked 40 years ago still works yeah it's not like oh well there's these horrible few minutes you know here and there that don't work um i think i think what works then works now and it works in the same way as it did mm-hmm. you know i think it works even you know like the the way it's dated works for it and it feels like a movie of its time mm. and it captures a little moment of of, of you know even like the rotary phones and the fact there's only three channels on the telly and the red phone boxes and and that sort of stuff that doesn't hurt it at all it feels it still feels kind of relevant yeah. as, a, as a period piece you know e- even to them buying food and and David's saying, well, food's really expensive. And, and Jenny Engerton's like, yeah, I, I don't know how we can survive with inflation. Yeah. I was like, know, right. Well, that hasn't changed much recently, <laughs> has it? <laughs> so, guys, so tell me what, if any other final thoughts you have on An American Werewolf in London? Uh, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is. I think it, it is. It does exactly what it means to do. Yeah. And and I think the fact that it's been imitated so much since and never quite. I mean, because it really did just kind of bring in the, the whole horror comedy mm. uh, thing, kind of genre. Yeah, that, that that hadn't been done before. And I think it's a very there was a, there was an interesting little conversation on Twitter about it, about, you know, a little debate about, you know, do horror comedies work or do they not work? And I think I think, you know, it, it all comes down to the. The, the movie itself and and what kind of humor you're looking at because if you do it wrong you can undermine the scares and and so on and i think i think there's a lot of um it, it's easy to get wrong in that you can feel like you need to just throw in some gags to you know lift i i, I don't get the, the the comic relief mm. thing oh well it's a really scary film so we need to just lift the what are we kids we do, i don't need to <laughs> i want to be scared you know, mm. I don't necessarily need you know a few gags, but if the but if you use the gags right, you can trick me into being more scared. Mm. You know, you can catch me out, yeah. and, and I think what humor when you're doing it right, the humor makes you like people more. You know, you 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 become attracted to people when they're funny. You like people who make you laugh. Yeah, and then you know, and then if something horrible is going to happen to them, then you you don't want it to because you like these people um but uh but yeah so that's 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 me really it's 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 kind of strange to it's interesting to see that uh, obviously john landis did it and he was known as the comedy guy yeah mm. and he still basically was the comedy guy after he did this and he did innocent blood and he did uh, a film called into the night which is more of a thriller with jeff goldblum and michelle pfeiffer that's really good um but you kind of think yeah he kind of got this this comedy guy but with a bit of horror rep on the side and you kind of wish he'd done a bit more did a bit more horror like say he he did you know twilight zone and i think he did a uh what's it called masters of horror episode and stuff like that but he, he actually hasn't he actually didn't do an awful lot of horror i think he probably um could have done with doing a bit more 
Mm. Other horror stuff, I think. I, I think that would have been more interesting. He's simply got a talent for that. But I, th- I think it's one of those things where I think when you, once you can do comedy, you can do anything then. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, a lot of comedy. I think, like, I think I can't remember what I think it was. I was talking to you, Jenny, the other night. We were talking about like comedy actors going straight, playing yeah. straight, straight roles. Yeah. Um, it tends to be, yeah, once once people are known for comedy, they, it's a lot easier for them to go into doing dramatic roles mm. because if you can do comedy, you can do anything then. Um, and one of, I think my exam, my big example is like Saving Private Ryan, which mm. is one of the grimmest, darkest most brutal movies you've ever seen in your life. But the cast is entirely populated by actors who are best known for comedy. Mm. You know, even Ted Danson's in it. And, you know, mm. Tom Hanks, you kind of forget, was known for comedy and, and, and stuff like that, you know. But it's, um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's interesting, that kind of, um, that comedy horror thing. Because, yeah. you know, I think if you get horror wrong, it becomes laughable. Absolutely. So, it it is it is a weird two sides of the of the coin situation. But anyway, sorry, I'm I'm waffling. So what did what what did what did you literally what did you make of it? Having seen it for the first time, I um I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad it's now part of my uh, horror family of films because I'm a horror nut really. Um, but no, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought like the other couple of films we've watched so far. It was a tight script. Nothing was wasted, you know, no fat or anything around it. Mm. And just extremely well done from from writing to directing to special effects, lighting, you know, cinematography, music was brilliant throughout. And, um, yeah, it was definitely worth shifting this one up to watch now because I think it was just what was needed yeah. uh, to watch. Um, yeah. You know, as recent events and things, I think it was it, just, just yeah. perfect. And the one that I skipped this time we will get to but i'm not going to tell you what it is um because i think what we should do is um because obviously that was an american werewolf in london okay it was superb i enjoyed it um but i think we should say what are we going to watch next for next month okay it's my choice i think it is Isn't yeah it? yeah okay and next i think i've chosen uh the great escape Excellent. The Never World seen War it. II Prisoner War movie. A big bank. It's a shame there's not a bank holiday coming up because ideally you want to be watching it on a bank holiday. Because <laughs> it came to if I've just got some annual leave at the end of July. Can I'll I just take watch it, it then? Yeah I'll, t- yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's, that's going to be next. Watch. Okay, so that's next. That's next. So if you uh, want to watch that along with us, so to speak, watch it and then obviously come back and listen to us. Uh, go on about it and figure out if Stacey and I uh, enjoyed it or have ended our relationship with Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is, yeah, this is, it's a war movie, isn't it? It's so, a war movie, know, yeah. Boys, yeah. boys stuff, isn't it? Boys it stuff. is. Uh, so let's talk about some socials because the podcast has a Twitter account, which you can find and follow us on. It is at neverseen underscore pod. So come and give us a follow there. We'll give you all the updates of when episodes are coming out. We'll even remind you what the episode is going to be on. All of those sorts of things. Come and give us a follow and say hi. Uh, where can they find you guys if they wish to? Stace, where, where can they find you? 
Uh, the best spot to find me is probably on Twitter at Stacy's Parlor. And for any Americans listening, that's Stacy with an E Y and Parlor with a U R. <laughs> <laughs> because I am awkward with spellings, uh, where I waffle about all sorts of pop culture, movies, tellies, music, video games, nonsense, and occasionally whinge about I don't know, like the hot weather or buses. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Super. <laughs> And Lee, if people wish to track you down, uh, I am. I'm just trying to remember what my Twitter is. Is it lovely Lee underscore G? Yeah, I think so. Right? <laughs> I went completely blank. Absolutely honest. blank. Then I did have to go to the podcast Twitter account to write down the Twitter handle, so I definitely knew it because it had escaped my brain a little bit. <laughs> it's the underscore part that threw me. That's what it was. Yeah. So. That was an American Werewolf in London. I'm so glad we did it and uh, came to have a good laugh and a chat about it. And that I liked it. I would have hated to have had this conversation. um, (laughs) With me going, it's a perfect movie. And you're like, well, Well, it's a very rubbery wolf. (laughs) You know, he would have bounced off a wolf. Anyway, and it was not attractive in any way. Oh, that's sexy. Anyway, we will be back in a month with The Great Escape. We can't wait to to see it and talk about it and everything in between. So we will see you then. So a goodbye from me and a goodbye from them. Bye. See you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. Just ask for bags. (laughs) 